Ciao. You're listening to Ed Up Insights, where you'll get my take on higher education. I'm Bill Pepicello, former president of University of Phoenix and higher ed vagabond. So let's get started, podcasties. In the last episode, I discussed the findings of a recent ACE study on the diversity, experience, and future plans of college and university presidents. And I outlined issues with the current pipelines that lead to the presidency and where we might be looking for presidents of the future, especially outside of the academy. My conclusion was that if we don't change what we put into the pipeline, we shouldn't expect to get anything different out, which namely will be the same old presidents as always. But a corollary to this is that we also shouldn't expect any big changes in the academy itself if we aren't impacting the leadership. Leaders often lead what they know how to lead. I always say that form follows function. But in this case, the forms of the academy are not changing, but the function of higher ed is. And there's a big disconnect here. A system that was built in and for the past now faces the necessity of dealing with education that is a pragmatic public commodity, like it or not. So, okay, let's say that we are hard at work on changing the look of leadership in higher education, and we're also looking for models of the future college and university. Maybe we ought to look for places where forward-looking presidents are making inroads to a successful transition from what was to what is to come. Hey, hey, how about that? Now, first, let's talk about where not to look. Now, one reaction to the ACE study says that there is a significant change in some institutions that can serve as a model for the future. And the example they use is Harvard, that will soon have its first Black woman president. Now, while I applaud this development, I then have to ask, how is this a model for other institutions to emulate? Harvard is not looking to the future. It doesn't need to. Ivy League institutions, and I'm a product of one, are not the future. They are a legacy that is secure financially and, uh, well, secure. They aren't really worried about enrollments and cash flow and retention and innovation. Not that they don't deal with those things, but they're not top of mind. Its form and function in these cases is the same now as always, and it will continue to be. And the same is true for the handful of public mega universities that dominate the landscape, places like uh, Arizona State or Ohio State, for example. And again, I'm not denigrating these institutions. In my backyard, Arizona State, led by Dr. Michael Crow, is a great success story. It is a leader in innovation, and while it is an admirable university, other institutions should not aspire to be ASU any more than they should aspire to be Harvard. Why? Simply because the time for these kinds of institutions has passed to be started again anyway. Economic and social conditions uh, in America today will not support the founding and fostering of these kinds of institutions. You know what? That's okay. These institutions have a place. 
but small private and public institutions simply cannot become like these behemoths. In fact, small colleges and universities struggle to even maintain a viable presence, let alone aspire to really great things, if you think that Harvard and ASU are really great things. Now, just to give you an example, the same was true for the University of Phoenix, where I was the president. I often get asked by people who would like to drag me back into the workforce if I want to do it again. And I tell them very simply, you can't. University of Phoenix was a product of a time when socioeconomic conditions and the higher ed landscape came together in a perfect storm to produce the perfect environment for what University of Phoenix offered, adult evening accelerated courses, and then eventually online. In the early days, other institutions did aspire to become like the University of Phoenix. And slowly, many institutions adopted the innovations of University of Phoenix, online programs, virtual libraries, and personalized student services. Today, University of Phoenix is not a model. It's just one of the pack. It could never be replicated because the heyday that created it has passed. So where can we look for clues about how we move higher education into the future? Well, here's my advice. Don't go big, go small. Look at institutions that are innovating and transforming themselves to adapt and survive in order to serve their constituencies. And these will not necessarily be or need to be the mega universities. The key here, is flexibility and adaptability. And it doesn't happen all at once. You don't take a, an institution and just transform it overnight. It's done in stages. Now, let me give you an example from, from my personal experience. And that is I have done some work with Lindenwood University uh, under the, uh, the presidency of Dr. John Porter, although he and I uh, have not met, but I, I have worked with some, some of his folks there. Now, Lindenwood recently purchased Dorsey College, um, and I'll talk about this in a sec. But this is the first step in the plan of Lindenwood education system to build a network of schools with complementary educational programs so that they can provide lifelong education leading to career advancement. Yeah, what a concept. Now, Lindenwood Education System is the nonprofit, notice nonprofit parent entity of Lindenwood University. And having completed the acquisition of Dorsey College, we don't, let's ask, well, what is Dorsey College and why would, they, where, why would they acquire it? Well, Dorsey is a nationally accredited institution and it provides uh, career-focused education in healthcare, skilled trades, culinary arts, uh, EMT, uh, and beauty and wellness fields. So Lind the Lindenwood Education System is now the parent organization to both Dorsey and Lindenwood University, which is regionally accredited. Um, and Lindenwood, I should say, uh, has a 190-year history. Uh, it's got 75,000 um, alumni and, and a very nice physical campus. So what's going on here, the Lindenwood education system 
represents an innovative and forward-looking approach to growth in an increasingly competitive higher education market, um, which market has seen uh, historic declines in enrollment in the recent years. Now, Dr. Porter, the president, said, we believe that the Lindenwood education system is the beginning of a new network of schools that will attract students by providing them with a solution for lifelong learning that will enable them to achieve their personal and professional goals, unquote. And now there is a mission statement if I ever heard one, folks. Now, what else uh, has Lindenwood done? Well, they have gone into Division I in sports. Okay. This gives you another, um, another pipeline or another avenue to attract students, to provide services, um, and to service your alumni. Furthermore, Lindenwood is developing Lindenwood Global as a significant online player in the future. So you can see here that it, Lindenwood is going in several different directions because it's adapting to what's happening in the marketplace and it's providing flexible options for students, but not all at once, not in some grand scheme, although I'm sure Dr. Par uh, Dr. Porter has a grand scheme in mind, but doing it a piece at a time, growing responsibly and logically. Now, there are uh, lots of, uh, of examples like Lindenwood out there right now, uh, and you can find them. Uh, it's not hard, but there are uh, lots of systems that are being developed um, that will uh, provide multiple pathways for students. Now, this is very common in the business world where businesses merge or acquire other enterprises um, in order to expand their reach and improve customer service um, and uh, allow their, uh, their customer base um, a more flexible access. Now, Amazon's a great example of that. If you look at how Amazon was founded and then uh, grew. Now, what's going on at Lindenwood um, and other institutions is not unrelated um, to the, the current trends in higher education. If you look at the, at the trade papers, you'll see that right now a lot of play is being given to third-party partnerships. Um, online program management, for instance, is one of those kinds of partnerships. You'll see lots of play being given to mergers and acquisitions. You'll be see lots of uh, play being given to online and virtual programs and arms of institutions. And finally, you'll see uh, increasingly um, the, the systems approach, such as Lindenwood is using, to increase the reach and the ability of institutions to serve multiple constituencies. So my advice to higher education in this case is look at what uh, places like Lindenwood are doing, use them as a model, um, and look to what's happening in the business world. What businesses are 
being flexible and adaptable and growing and which are not. In other words, higher education, watch and learn. And I think with that, we will end our lesson for today, podcastees. And I invite you to turn in to the next exciting episode. Ciao.